Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of January. India registered over 18,000 cases of COVID-19 and 264 related deaths in the last 24 hours. The number of people who have recovered from the disease surged above 99 lakhs, pushing the national recovery rate to 96.19%. The total number of cases infected with the UK strain of the coronavirus now stands at 71, according to the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare. The Punjab government today decided to reopen all schools from January 7th for students of class 5 to 12. Gujarat too announced reopening of schools for classes 10th and 12th students and colleges for those in final year from January 11th. Meanwhile, the centre allowed the limited resumption of flights to the United Kingdom from today. The services were suspended due to concerns about the spread of the new virus strain. An outbreak of bird flu, commonly known as avian influenza, has triggered panic across the country as hundreds of birds have died due to the disease in five states. Kerala, Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh, Haryana and Himachal Pradesh. Union Minister of State for Animal Husbandry, Sanjeev Balyan, earlier today said that avian flu can be transmitted to humans, but so far no such case has been reported in the country. The bird flu has been reported among wild geese in Himachal Pradesh, crows in Rajasthan and Madhya Pradesh and ducks in Kerala. In Haryana, around 1 lakh poultry birds have died mysteriously in the last few days. In Himachal Pradesh's Pong Dam Lake, around 1,800 migratory birds have been found dead. In Kerala, the flu has been detected in two districts, prompting authorities to order culling of ducks. A bird flu alert has been sounded in Rajasthan, where over 250 crows were found dead in half a dozen districts. The government has rushed to control the outbreak and prevent further spread by asking states to strengthen the biosecurity of poultry farms, disinfect the affected areas, and properly dispose of dead birds and carcasses. The Animal Husbandry Ministry has also asked states for timely collection and submission of samples for confirmation and further surveillance and intensification of surveillance plan. A control room has also been set up in New Delhi to keep watch on the situation and take stock on a daily basis of preventive and control measures undertaken by state authorities. The seventh round of talks between protesting farmer unions and the centre to break the deadlock is currently underway at Delhi's Vigyan Bhavan. A day after these talks remained inconclusive, farmer unions protesting against the new agriculture laws said that they would hold a tractor march on the eastern and western peripheral expressways on January 7th as a rehearsal for January 26th. The next round of talks with the centre is scheduled to be held on January 8th. Farmer leaders have advised farmers in distant areas of Haryana to hold tractor marches in their respective areas, but still there are indications that the farmers will move to the national capital from many areas of the state. A Khap leader from Jind, Azad Singh Palva, said the farmers will start moving to Delhi from the villages early morning. Why are farmers worried about MSP not being written into the new farm laws when it never had legal backing in the first place? Aren't middlemen exploiting farmers? And if they are removed through the new laws as the Narendra Modi government claims they will be, is that not good? Also, aren't private companies in a better position to offer a higher price for farmers produced than APMCs? So why are the protesting farmers angry? These questions might appear simple, but their answers are complicated. After spending more than two weeks speaking to the protesting farmers at the single border, my colleague Nidhi Suresh tried to understand the anger, emotions and the nuances driving the demands of the farmers. Go to newslaundry.com and check out her explainer video that breaks down the answers to all these questions.
The video report is titled Explained Why Farmers Don't Trust Modi Government's Word on Farm Laws. And while you're on the website, I urge you to check out the podcasts, ground reports, videos, interviews, media critique, and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now's the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. A day after Reliance Industries Limited moved the Punjab and Haryana High Court over vandalism of its mobile towers and declared that it had no plans to enter corporate farming, protesting farming unions maintained that their dharnas outside petrol pumps and stores owned by private companies will continue. All farm unions in Punjab had started dharnas outside nearly 90 Reliance and SR petrol pumps and more than 10 shopping malls and stores of various firms since October 1st last year. Dharnas from outside dealer-based petrol pumps were lifted in the state from November 5th last year. But 38 sit-ins outside company-owned pumps in the state have completed 97 days of protest. Dear listeners, please consider this a discretion warning as the following news involves graphic and violent acts. A 50-year-old woman was gang-raped and murdered allegedly by three men including a priest and his two disciples on Sunday night in western Uttar Pradesh's Badao district. An FIR was registered yesterday evening after an autopsy confirmed that the woman sustained several injuries, mostly on her private parts. The post-mortem examination showed that her parts were severely brutalized. The police have booked a priest and two disciples under IPC sections 376D, gang rape, and 302, murder, at the Ughaiti police station in Badaun. The woman's son said in an interview, and I quote, They brought her on their own in a vehicle. She was dead when they left her here. The priest and others dropped her at the door and left quickly, unquote. The son added, and I quote, On Sunday she had left home around 5pm and the men brought her back around 11.30pm, unquote. A video of the accused occultist had emerged on Monday, in which he claimed the woman fell into a well near the place of worship and that he and others rescued her. Meanwhile, National Commission for Women Chief Rekha Sharma said that a team had been sent to the district to take stock of the situation. Ms. Sharma said, and I quote, we have taken cognizance of the matter. One NCW member is going to the spot to investigate the matter to meet the family and the police and take an exact stock of the situation. Unquote. United Kingdom Prime Minister Boris Johnson cancelled his visit to India scheduled for later this month when he was scheduled to be the chief guest at the Republic Day Parade on January 26th following a sharp rise in COVID-19 cases in his country. Johnson spoke to Prime Minister Narendra Modi to express his regret while indicating that he may visit India later in the first half of this year. In light of the national lockdown announced last night, the Prime Minister decided to oversee the conditions in the UK. It is important for him to remain in the UK so he can focus on the domestic response to the virus. The visit was portrayed as one of the biggest post-Brexit outreach by Mr. Johnson. Both sides had also undertaken preparatory steps for the same. The United Kingdom appointed a new High Commissioner to India just hours before the cancellation of Mr. Johnson's visit was announced. The UK Foreign Office had announced that Alex Ellis, who had served till recently as the Deputy National Security Advisor of Boris Johnson government, would be the new High Commissioner to India. A statement from the Ministry of External Affairs informed the two PMs reviewed ongoing cooperation between the both sides, especially in the field of countering the pandemic. The release stated, and I quote, the Prime Minister expressed his understanding of the exceptional situation in the UK 
and conveyed his best wishes for the quick control of the pandemic spread. Unquote. Now let's move on to the international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 86.4 million people, out of which 1.87 million people have died so far. Even though UK has become the first country to administer the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, they could face harsh restrictions for many months to come. Boris Johnson and his chief scientists warned as figures suggested more than 1 million people in England are infected with coronavirus, or 1 in every 50. The Prime Minister said the plan to emerge from a newly imposed national lockdown in mid-February was subject to lots of caveats, lots of ifs. He refused to guarantee that children would be fully back at school before the summer, calling this a fundamental hope. According to Dr. Gregory Armstrong, the United States is now sequencing about 3,000 samples a week, and the CDC hopes to more than double that to about 6,500 per week. Novavax on Monday announced the start of the Phase 3 trial of its COVID-19 vaccine in the United States and Mexico. It is the fifth company to launch a large-scale trial of a coronavirus vaccine in the United States. Meanwhile, WHO Director General Tedros said he was very disappointed that China has still not authorized the entry of a team of international experts to examine the origins of the coronavirus. The WHO mission was billed as a way to cut through the rancor and seek clear answers on how the virus jumped from animals to humans. But with some of the team already in transit, Beijing had yet to grant them entry. Ahead of the trip, China has been seeking to shape the narrative about when and where the pandemic began, with senior diplomat Wang Yi saying more and more studies showed that it emerged in multiple regions. Dozens of former lawmakers and opposition activists were arrested on Wednesday morning in Hong Kong on suspicion of violating the city's national security legislation in the biggest crackdown since the law was imposed by Beijing last year. Imposed on the city by Beijing in late June 2020, the security law criminalizes secession, subversion, terrorism and collusion with foreign powers, with life imprisonment as the most serious penalty for all offenses. The law also established a dedicated branch of the police and national security courts to hear some cases. Those arrested were all participants in a primary election held last July, designed to thin the field of pro-democracy candidates ahead of legislative elections in September. Multiple candidates were disqualified and warnings were made to those participating, since their participation would be in breach of the then-weeks-old security law. Hong Kong police appeared to follow through on that threat and arrested dozens of primary candidates early in the morning, Speaking to reporters, Hong Kong Secretary of Security John Lee said those organizing these elections were seeking to paralyze the Hong Kong government by winning a majority in the legislature through mobilizing vast-scale riots in the streets. On Twitter, President-elect Joe Biden's nominee for Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said, and I quote, The sweeping arrests of pro-democracy demonstrators are an assault on those bravely advocating for universal rights, unquote. He added, and I quote again, The Biden-Harris administration will stand with the people of Hong Kong and against Beijing's crackdown on democracy, unquote. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. On Newslaundry interviews, Abhinandan Sekri is joined by Amot K. Kant, a retired IPS officer who served as the Director General of Police in Arunachal Pradesh and Goa before leading the Delhi Commission for Protection of Child Rights and founder of Prayas JAC Society. He talks about his new book, Khaki and Dust Storm, Communal Colors and Political Assassinations, his diverse experiences as a police officer and social activist, 
and his ideas for police reform. Before I wrap up listeners, our new website has a new podcast player that you can use to access all our podcast shows, Anil Hafta, Awful and Awesome, Reporters Without Orders, and a lot more. It includes a host of features like download, speed control, cue, ability to skip to a topic within an episode, and even start from where you have stopped previous time. So go to our website on the phone or your laptop and click on the mic icon at the top right of our homepage. That's all I have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.